Hear the word of the Lord, starting in the chapter of Luke, chapter 4, verses 1 through 13, the temptations of Jesus. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to turn into a loaf of bread. Jesus answered, it is written, one does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all their authority. For it has been given over to me, and I can give it away at any time. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him in Jerusalem, placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, because it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bury you up, so that you will not dash your feet against even a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test he could think of, he departed from him until an opportune time. Let's believe the word of God. Let's unite in prayer. Loving God, we gather today to praise you, to tell of your love and to give you thanks. We thank you especially this morning for the blessings of life and our duty in it. Open our hearts, our understanding today as we listen to and meditate upon your scripture. Teach us to walk in faith that your kingdom might be made known to all. Give us patience that we may wait on you. Fill us with your love and grace As we celebrate communion this day, may we leave here reflecting your light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How's everybody doing today in this nice, humid Texas day? Oh, my gosh. Summer's coming. Not winter's coming. Summer's coming. That's the threat in Texas. (laughs) We're not worried about winter. Just a couple of announcements before we call the kiddos forward. We are resuming wristbands for our elementary program. We used to use security wristbands before we shut down for COVID. And I didn't bring them back because, you know, kids and mouths and germs and stuff. But we've all learned how to wash our hands now. 
and we all know how to cover our mouths when we sneeze, and everybody's had a chance to do what they need to do. So we brought them back. Uh, if you have an elementary-aged kiddo that you're sending to Children's Church today or any day going forward, there will be uh, a bowl of wristband packets out in the lobby out there on top of the white bookshelf. You can go ahead and grab one for each child. I have a, I have a whole set today. There's an adult size for you and a kid size for your kiddo. They have matching alphanumeric codes on them. So when you come to pick up your child, anybody, any volunteer, not just myself, knows what adult goes with what kid and what kid goes with what adult. And we don't have confusion and kids going to the wrong place. And it just makes life a whole lot easier for my volunteers. So they're not like looking around for me and trying not to panic when pickup time happens. Um, so we will be doing that going forward. I did send out an email to uh, my children's ministry mailing list. If you did not receive that this week and uh, find out about the updates with, that we're having with uh, wristbands and security procedures, please let me know. If you didn't receive an email from HHUMC Children this week and you have a child in the program, that means I don't have your email address. So we are updating that too and making sure I can contact and talk to all of our guardians. So please let me know if you need to be added to my list. And then the last announcement I'll make today is that we are officially in Easter egg hunt mode. Our egg hunt is on April 10th, and we are collecting candy for the egg hunt now through April 3rd, um, and we will be stuffing eggs on the 3rd. However, now through the 3rd, so we have lots of time to get candy. If you would like to sugar up somebody else's kids and not have to deal with them, I understand. It's a lot of fun to watch. But we will take donations of any and all candy, um, except for we don't want chocolate because we live in Texas, and even today that chocolate would be melted out there on that field. And if, if just a personal thing of mine, I said it in first service, so I might as well say it here. If we can avoid uh, lollipops, lollipops don't fit into Easter eggs. And uh, I have before cut stems off of the lollipops to get them to the Easter eggs, but I really don't want to do that this year. But we do appreciate um, and welcome all donations of individually wrapped candy for that, or large-sized Easter eggs. The bigger ones fit more candy in them. Anyway, we will, we will be working on that. And I know the kids are excited, and I will be giving updates on candy counts as we go forward from today. I see a smile back there. Hudson's like, I heard candy. I'm ready for candy. All right, let's come on up, kiddos. Let's do the children's sermon. Oh, my goodness. It's humid, isn't it? It's humid today. I left Florida for a reason, and somehow I ended up with more humidity. Oh, hi, dude. Are you going to come on up? So maybe? Not today? Okay. I'll talk to you from over here, okay? Can we still be friends? That was my child that said no, by the way, everyone. Okay, I want to talk to you guys about something tough, a tough subject. Do you know what temptation is? Have you heard that? Not the kitty treats. Miss Jenny told me that earlier. It's not the kitty treats, not temptation snacks, but the word temptation. It's something that we all face in our lives, right? And you might not even realize that you're facing temptation, but it's that sort of push and pull we have as we go through life, and we are tempted. <laughs> we want to do something that we know we shouldn't do, right? So some temptation can come in a lot of forms. I know for me as a kid, it was always that when somebody told me not to touch something, they said, do not touch that. Whatever that was, I immediately wanted to touch that, right? How could you tell me not to touch it? Obviously, it must be something really cool. I need to touch it right now. No? Nobody else? You guys never have that problem? 
You guys must be really good kids. What about um, if mom bakes um, some fresh baked cookies for like a church dinner or for your class at school or maybe for a neighbor who's going through a hard time and you can smell these delicious cookies. They just came out of the oven. They look so warm and gooey. And mom says as she sets them down in front of you, don't touch these. Do not touch the cookies. They are not for you, right? What is the first thing you want to do? You want to grab a cookie and inhale it as fast as you can, right? But we also know that that might be a problem. I mean, it's just one cookie, right? Do you think mom will really notice the one cookie missing? Yes, mom will absolutely notice the one cookie missing, especially after she said, do not touch that cookie. Temptation always comes with problems because when we don't, we don't block ourselves from temptation, when we don't resist it, we cause problems for ourselves and for other people. Do you know that there was this guy in the Bible? He's a pretty cool guy. His name was Jesus. Jesus, he was fully human, right? We've learned about this. He's fully human and fully God. And even Jesus dealt with temptation. That's what our Bible story is about today. We're learning about a time where Jesus went into the desert before he, um, before he started his ministry, before he went to tell the world about God's love and about who he was. He went into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, the wilderness, and he fasted and he prayed. Right? For 40 days and 40 nights, he didn't eat. And there's this great passage at the beginning of the story, you guys might have caught it in the scripture reading, where it says at the end of that time, he was hungry. I think that's a pretty big understatement. 40 days and 40 nights of no eating. Jesus must have been beyond hungry. He was probably even past hangry. And he was probably just full. I would have been full on angry. I don't know about you guys, but I can't go two hours without food, let alone 40 days. So he's in this point. Have you guys ever been there where you're so hungry you can't think straight and you're just, you're just you want food right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Every Sunday afternoon by the time we leave here? You're like, where's my lunch, Mom? Jesus was at that point. And at that point, the devil came to visit him. And the devil was tempting Jesus. He was trying to get Jesus to use the powers God gave him to help himself instead of trusting God. And Jesus does this amazing thing. The devil takes him and he tells him, he says, hey, I know you're really hungry. You should turn these stones into bread. And Jesus says no. And he quotes scripture to him. So then the devil gets a little bit smarter. He takes him up to the top of a temple in Jerusalem. And he quotes scripture to Jesus. And he says, throw yourself off of here. It says that God will not allow you to strike your foot on the stones. The angels will rescue you. And again, Jesus says no, and he quotes scripture to him. I would say no, too. I don't think throwing myself off a building sounds like a great idea. But anyway, the last thing that the devil does, tries to do is he takes Jesus up to the top of a mountain, and he shows him all the kingdoms in the world. And he said, this could all be yours if you just bow down and worship me. And again, Jesus says no, and he quotes scripture to the devil. Each time Jesus resisted temptation, he used God's word, this big old book here that we read from every week and we learn from. It is all given to us by God to help us get through our daily lives. And Jesus uses that as a great, he shows us this great example of using God's word to follow God's path for us. Could Jesus have done any one of those things? Yes, absolutely. He was probably really hungry and bread probably sounded like a really good meal at that point. But he chose to trust God's plan for him instead. And we're going to learn more about the scriptures that he used and how he, um, how he resisted that when we go to spark worship. But what I want you guys to remember is that when we rely on God and we know his scripture, we keep it in our heart, we don't have to always give in to temptation. We can resist it 
when that ooey-gooey cookie is right in front of us and mom says, do not touch, we can remember the commandment that says, honor your father and your mother. And you will not be led astray, I promise you. Okay, let's bow our <laughs> I just got a death glare from my child. <laughs> let's bow our heads, fold our hands, and close our eyes and say, dear God, help us when we face temptations in our lives that we might remember your will. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to exit with Miss Olivia out the side door there. Would you please stand and join me in the Apostles' Creed? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He arose from the dead, He ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Well, I got to do it, you know. Jesse's story about temptation and cookies <laughs> reminds me of a joke. So I'm going to tell it. There was a man on his deathbed. You know, he only had, you know, maybe, maybe hours or a few days to live. And he's lying there and he smells fresh cookies. You know, the, the aroma of the cookies were just saturating the whole house. And he smelled them. So he climbs down out of bed. He's in bad shape, so he can't, he can't walk. So he crawls across the floor and drags himself into the kitchen. And he, he reaches up on the kitchen table to get one of those cookies. And whack, a spatula came down on his hand, you know, and said, leave those alone. They're for the funeral. <laughs> so anyway, but anyway, so, so what can I say? <laughs> anyway, humor's good. God gave it to us. It's a gift from God. It is a gift from God. So uh, this is the first Sunday of Lent. And... Traditionally, we did, as Gene did a few minutes ago, <clears throat> we read about the temptation of Jesus in Luke chapter 4, but there's another scripture that I think is good for today because during this 40-day period, not counting Sundays, we try to become better followers of Jesus. We try to remember what He did and how we can better share his love and goodness with all of those around us. Our other scripture reading this morning is Psalm 27. Consider the word of the Lord. This is a psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? 
When evildoers assail me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and foes, they shall stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war rise up against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, that will I seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For He will hide me in His shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of His tent. He will set me high on a rock. Now my head is lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger, you who have been my help. Do not cast me off. Do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. If my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Do not give me up to the will of my adversaries. For false witnesses have risen against me, and they are breathing out violence. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who shows us goodness all about us, God who gives us light that we need not fear, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight our strength, and our salvation. Amen. Well, I think that Psalm 27, you could almost say, was very much about Jesus going through the wilderness, as he did. But it's also, I mean, David wrote it, it's to be encouragement to all of us as we are going through life and to remind us of several things. The first thing it reminds us of right off the bat, right? It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation, and my salvation. Now, we, we talk about light probably more than we talk about salvation, but to me, real simply, light is what gets rid of the darkness, right? And both both in the physical realm and in the spiritual realm. 
when the light comes on, the darkness goes. You know, when I was a kid, I'm still a kid at heart, but when I was a kid, I could run. I remember going to Carlsbad Caverns. Have any of y'all ever gone to Carlsbad Caverns? You know, probably a lot of you, you know. And if you haven't, it's worth going to. And you can go talk to the aliens up the road in Roswell while you're there. You know, it's not too far. Anyway, I remember we went down to this large room down in the caverns. There's a, it was a, a very large room. And they turned out all the lights. They turned out all the lights. It was dark. I mean, it was, I mean, y'all who experienced it, or a similar thing, perhaps in, in some other cave someplace, or some other situation, but it was dark. And the tour guide down there struck a match. One little match. Wow. That's a great metaphor for all of us, too, because all the darkness was gone was gone. But not only does David say the Lord is our light, that which gets rid of the darkness, he says the Lord is our salvation. Our salvation. Salvation means or can mean a lot of things. And in fact, salvation is one of those theological terms that probably gives rise to different Christian denominations, right? Not to get off on that tangent. But some folks believe that salvation is simply getting right with God so that when you die, you can take harp lessons, all right? But it's much, much more than what goes on after our physical bodies stop working. It's wholeness, it's completeness, it's being fully human. As Jesse mentioned in the, in the children's time, you know, we believe Jesus was fully human and he was fully God. And to be fully human, you know, this is something you really, this is something that if I would but remember it, right, if we wrap our head around it, how many times have you heard somebody say, well, I'm not perfect, right? Like it was an impossibility, right? Like it was an impossibility. Well, Jesus was fully human. So, chew on that a while. Salvation also, as far as Jesus was concerned, and I think he would agree, you could say salvation is a life, right? It's life. And Jesus' demonstration of what went on around him and all of us, he always affirmed life, life and goodness and wholeness. And the psalmist says, what? Whom shall I fear? And of course, the answer is nobody. Nobody or nothing should we fear. Fear we have no place for. We have no place for, and we need get rid of it. But to get rid of it and to realize salvation 
and to always walk in the light, we can't do by ourselves, right? We don't have the capability. We, don't, we are not able to save ourselves. We are not able to 100% of the time do what we're supposed to without God's help, without God's help, God's grace and God's help. And I think Jesus realized that. And he starts out with that 40 days prior to entering into ministry, into public ministry. What did he do during that 40 days? He waited for the Lord, right? He waited for the Lord. If we want to realize salvation, if we want to walk in the light, if we want to fear not and not be afraid, we need to wait upon the Lord. The next thing that strikes me there that the psalmist writes about that Jesus also did was he, he said what? He said, I only ask one thing, one thing, right? To dwell in God's house, to be in God's presence forever, right? That's what he set his mind to. That's what he did. And that's what Jesus did, right? That's what Jesus did. He set his mind to do God's will, and he did God's will. Now, again, here's the rub. We can't do this always in and of ourselves. Now, there's an a, uh, acronym. I was talking to somebody this morning who was in the first service about acronyms, right? For those of you who are in the canoe club, right, Jesus? See, when people look away and I call them by name, then I, then I get their attention, right? No, 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 no. And there's, there's Smitty. He doesn't like to admit it, but he was in the canoe club too, you know. They just had those red stripes down their pants. Anyway, we had an acronym dictionary. It was, it was a loose-leaf thing, a loose-leaf binder, but it was like this thick, right? Crazy. Well, there's a VIM is the acronym I'm going to introduce you all to this morning if you're not familiar with it. And this is something I picked up from Dallas Willard. And it stands for vision, intention, and means, means or method, right? I think we've all practiced it, but we may not have called it that. And let's say, for example, you want a different job. And I realize a lot of you now have ceased paying jobs, but let's, ju let's just pretend you were 50 years younger and, uh, and, you, and you were looking for a, a new job, then you would, you would have a vision of, gee whiz, if I worked at this job, these would be my hours, and I would make this much money, and these people would work with me. You have a vision of that. And then you have the intention to do it. So you send out resumes. You make phone calls. You talk to people and say, do you know anybody who's looking for a dog catcher? And you do what you, do what you need. And you also 
because of your skill set and you're getting out and doing something, you have the means to do that, to do something about it. So you land a new job, the job that you want. Now, in the spiritual realm, when it comes to walking perfectly in God's grace, when it comes to living in holiness, when it comes to salvation, when it comes to loving your neighbor as yourself, when it comes to patience and controlling your tongue and always being ready to do God's will, you might have a vision of that as David did here. You might have the intention to do that as David did in Psalm 27, but you don't have the means without God's grace. But if you accept God's grace, then you do have the means to execute that and walk in love all the days of your life like Jesus did. Now notice, he kept his eyes on the goal. And when the adversary came against him, he was successful. And it said that the adversary left for an opportune time, right? Shazam, an opportune time. We read on down, and it says what? I am confident, I am confident that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, right? In the land of the living, right? I'm confident of that too. In fact, I've seen the goodness of the Lord today. I've seen people standing out there in the narthex sharing with each other and visiting with each other, and they weren't moping around. Most of them looked pretty happy. There might have been a few uh, people in the mully grumps, but most of them looked pretty happy. And we've enjoyed great music this morning, right? That's the goodness of the Lord. That's the goodness of the Lord. This month's issue is all about music, you know, and it really is. It's nice. And music is a gift from God to us a good gift from God to us. I see the goodness of God. I know, I know people in this congregation who have done amazing things for other people. He says he's confident of the goodness of God. And Jesus was confident of the goodness of God. It's there. Psalm 33, 5 says what? The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. It's full of the goodness of the Lord. So, the adversary was looking for an opportune time to come against Jesus again, to see if he could catch him with his guard down, right? And he failed. He didn't catch Jesus with his guard down. But we are much easier pickings. He catches us with our guard down all the time. Or, or he does me anyway. I can't speak for y'all. In particular, but here's the trick. When the next opportune time happens, when you're tempted to do something that you know you ought not do, or say something that you know you ought not say, think about the goodness of the Lord. 
look around you and see the goodness of the Lord. And if you're looking for it, you'll find it. So when the opportune time comes for you not to do the right thing, wait for the Lord and you'll find His goodness. Amen? If you're visiting with us this morning here at Holotus Hills United Methodist Church, we have open communion. This is the Lord's table. This is not our table. So this table is open to anyone. Gene will offer you the cup, and I will give you a piece of bread this morning. If you need gluten-free bread, just ask me for it, and I'll give it to you. Please open your hymnals to page 12. The Lord invites to His table all who love Him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved You with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done Your will. We have broken Your law. We have rebelled against Your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. You brought all things into being and called them good. From the dust of the earth, you formed us into your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. When rain fell upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, you bore up the ark on the waters, saved Noah and his family, and made covenant with every living creature on earth. When you led your people to Mount Sinai, for 40 days and 40 nights, you gave us your commandments and made us your covenant people. When your people forsook your covenant, your prophet Elijah fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. On your holy mountain, he heard your still, small voice. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord. God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. You gave him to save us from our sin. Your Spirit led him into the wilderness, where he fasted 40 days and 40 nights to prepare for his ministry. When he suffered and died on a cross for our sin, you raised him to life, presented him alive to the apostles during 40 days, 
and exalted him at your right hand. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Now, when we, your people, prepare for the yearly feast of the resurrection, you lead us to repentance for sin and the cleansing of our hearts, that during these 40 days of Lent, we may be gifted and graced to reaffirm the covenant you made with us through Christ. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of God's children, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now go and wait for the Lord. And as you do, do it with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the unity of the Holy Spirit. Amen. strong.